Hey everybody, it's John from the Cut Above Horror Review. It is episode number 35, wrapping up Women of Horror Month. We're talking about Jillian Wallace Horvat's movie called I Blame Society. Yeah, uh, you can find it on Shudder. We got some thoughts about this movie, so give it a listen. Thank you so much for everybody. Wherever you get your podcast, rate and review us on iTunes. Rate us on Spotify. And uh, again, thank you. Women of Horror Month has been fantastic. We'll do it again next year. This is I Blame Society, episode 35, A Cut Above, Horror Review. It starts right now, and we're going to tie you up. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening, and welcome to A Cut Above, Horror Review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we will be discussing the film I Blame Society from 2021. But first, let's meet everyone else on the show. First up, it's Hyderberg. What's up, What's Hyderberg? going on, guys? How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Not smoking a cigarette, I hope. No, I don't <laughs> smoke cigarettes. Yeah, we just had a, a long conversation about our former smoking habits. So. Wait, hold on, what? <laughs> what? No, I'm just kidding. We do not condone smoking. I just smoke way, fools that get in my way. Exactly. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, we've got John. What's going on, John? Hello, Jacqueline and Hyderberg. You decided, even though this is an audio podcast, I, I really love your background. Will you please describe what you have in your background? It's the uh, it's the Hydra sign from Marvel. Oh, I thought it was from Black you. I thought you started it because you're Hyderberg. Well, yeah, I am. Uh, oh, hell, Hyderberg. <laughs> looks pretty badass it does actually yeah it's uh it's on my uh it's on my tattoo list i was gonna it say happen. it would make a it's a really cool tattoo design it might happen would that yeah. go on the side for the horror side of your tattoo nah, like, i guess you're on hard? Left. probably go on this one okay you're right one i'm thinking about a hand maybe that sounds painful no. but it would look badass i'll be i'll be honest some of the tattoos that i think of are like if they are painful, I'm sort of just like, yeah, whatever. Like, I don't know. I think for me, that's part of the appeal is it's weird. I don't want it to hurt, but I'm sort of like curious, like, hey, I wonder if I get it here, how it feels. Well, I got one on my finger because I had to cover up my ex-wife's uh, initials. So I got oh, a microphone. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's pretty not dope. fun. I mean, you feel it like, nah. in your jaw because it's like right on bone. So you're sitting there going like. Fuck, yeah, why did I do this? <laughs> why did I get that first one anyways? You don't put initials of somebody unless it's your kids on your body. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, I do have one scheduled for next Sunday, but I'm not revealing oh. what it is. Oh, oh. teaser. That's be the last one of the year. Kids and podcast. Land? Yeah. That's called a teaser. So stay tuned <laughs> to his social medias to find out what Hydraburn gets for his exactly. next tattoo. Have to tune in next week to find out what it is. Wahahaha. <laughs> Sorry. I hope you'll show us before that so I we will. get a sneak preview. Yeah, we're well, your friends, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, any other tattoos we need to talk about getting or getting removed? No. <laughs> no regrets. No, no regrets. <laughs> That's funny. That's the Snickers commercial, right? I was going to ask, what was that a commercial for? I've never seen it, but I couldn't remember what it was for. When you need uh, that pick me up. No regrets. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Let's move it along. Uh, okay. 
horror news do we have any john we do i'm actually very excited about this i saw this on bloody disgusting it looks like beetlejuice 2 is going to happen mm. um there are no other details with the exception of uh, brad pitt's his production company plan b is set to produce it interesting hmm. i'm very excited involved, about right huh i believe tim burton is involved yeah he may be a consultant or, or maybe an executive producer I, I would assume so, you know, and obviously bringing back I Michael Keaton so. and Winona Ryder. And I, you know, I, I'm excited about this because I love Beetlejuice when I was a kid. So it sounded like for a minute you said, why no writer? <laughs> oh, why no, no writer. <laughs> it's like, whoa, that's a, that's she a might be a why no, but you know, no judgment. Well, she was a klepto for a little while, but. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, you know about Johnny Depp's tattoo. Speaking of ill-advised tattoos, you know about his, right? No, I like no. So when they were dating and I guess like the early 90s or mid 90s, somewhere around there, they were like a serious couple and he got a tattoo. I don't know where on his body, but it says Winona forever. Mm. And then, of course, they broke up and he regretted the tattoo. And so he just had part of it lasered off. And so now the tattoo reads Wino forever. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> So that was a perfect that. fit as to what okay. we were just talking about. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I said, I got my ex-wife's initials tattooed on my left finger where the ring goes. And then I had to cover it up with a microphone. So yes, never, ever get somebody's name or initials on your body unless it's your kids. So John, did anybody advise you against that before you did it? We are mom or something like that. <laughs> probably. I, I, I think everybody probably did. Even my tattoo artist. Are you sure you want to do this, dude? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to be happy forever. Ah, no, no, you're not. But I digress. Uh, Not a very good uh, release week for Studio 666, which, of course, stars the Foo Fighters. I actually really, really want to see this. And I did put it on our docket to review in the future. So uh, made $1.5 million at the box office. Not too shabby, but definitely not within the budget of what they got. Mm. And Scream, the newest Scream, Scream 5 continues to rock at the box office nearly 80 million dollars wow i think it's been given a release date too i didn't read the article but i think it's they were talking about uh special features that would come with the disc and stuff like that so oh and they already talked about doing a sequel to this one which Mm -hmm. i guess is going to be coming out either late this year or early next year so they've already started pre pre pre-production on that and uh did you guys catch the chucky series on sci-fi did you watch i haven't but it's on my list yeah. I've heard yeah. positive things about it. So did I. It, it was so good and got such a great audience. It's actually coming back for a second season later this year. Uh, Don Mancini, the creator of Chucky, is um, actually released a teaser trailer that beware, be be careful. It's coming out later this year. So okay. there you go. Cool. Jacqueline, you're going to see Scream this week? I am gonna, I'm really trying to go see it this week. I've been trying every week for the past like six weeks. <laughs> so by October, um, you should have seen it. Yeah, let's plan on that <laughs> October. <laughs> no, it just, again, it's just like, I got to get a babysitter and blah, blah, blah. It's like a whole production just so I can go see a movie. So hopefully this week I'll be able to go see Scream in the theater. I hope so. And every time Hyderabad gets up, he disappears. Like when he's got his background, he just disappears into the Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> I have to let my dog in. Oh, that was creepy. See that? Yeah. That, that, he just popped back in to say he was letting his dog out and his head just like appeared out of nowhere <laughs> right through the skull part of it that's pretty <laughs> rad <laughs> that's all that's i got awesome. for news so okay all right yeah i um the last chucky 
entry in anything related to child's play that I've that I saw was Curse of Chucky from I want to say like 2012 13 something like that yeah they came out with one I, I think that's the same one I saw uh but yeah. there's one that came out after that right called Cult of Chucky Right. I don't know. Seed was before that. Yes. Yeah, Cult. Cult of Chucky. I did not see. Oh, I did see the remake from a couple of years ago, and I actually really liked that. It surprised me. So yeah, it, it, that's, it was hit. That's the last. That's the last thing I saw. I have to yeah. watch all those. What's that? I said I haven't watched any of those. I'm kind of curious to go watch them now. Yeah, me too. Maybe yeah. binge it on the day that it's boring or whatever. So yeah, yeah, that'd be actually pretty fun. But yeah, that's all I got for news. Okay, cool. Well, John, this this week, the movie was your pick. Would you like to explain to us why you picked I Blame Society? I absolutely do. Uh, it is Jillian Wallace Horvat. Um, I just happened to catch it happenstance. I, I was going through Shutter, things I haven't seen, just kind of see the description. It was a very small description, failed director, um, you know, being doubted tries to create the perfect murder. And I, I, I you know, I, of course I'm paraphrasing that, but it was interesting. And uh, the reason why I picked it, it is women of horror month. We're going to be wrapping it up. And I, I do got to say, before we get into the fucks or sucks, I, I think that including this one, I think that we've had some really, really rock solid picks for, uh, for the month of February. And I think we need to continue it next year for women of horror. So uh, absolutely, that's my thought. But I, I just picked it. It's a it's a movie that actually got released, I believe, to the festival scenes in 2020, but didn't actually get a release to Shutter until 2022. So I, I also thought we needed to do a brand new movie. So there you go. All right, cool. Yeah, no, I think this has been a really successful Women in Horror Month for us. I've been pleased with uh, our films and our discussions that have followed them. So uh, yeah, this I think this is a great experience for our first Women in Horror Month. Yeah, Def, keep it going. We, we got to thank Nicole for actually giving us that idea of doing it, you know, just more piggybacking off of what you guys did on her show, because she does it every year as far as uh, women of not just women of horror, just in the genre itself, whether it's books, mm-hmm. producing, acting. Um, and you guys did have a great discussion. So I will direct people to go to the Light and Shadow podcast to go listen to what you guys discussed because it's it's excellent. So there you go. Thank you. Thank you. That was a really fun episode to do with her. I hope that we can do another episode together sometime soon because we just had way too much to talk about and i feel like we were both just trying to talk really fast to get through it all and keep it under like a 16 hour (laughs) recording Uh, because we just had so much we wanted to say and it could have gone that long because there's so much to talk about absolutely shout out to nicole yeah yeah, definitely a shout out to nicole but yeah i think it only ended up being about an hour and 45 minutes so don't be scared to go find it it's not 16 hours it's under two Unlike us, where the movie we talked about last week was longer than the movie itself. So that's true. <laughs> yeah. I was going to yeah. say shout out to Nicole for coming on last week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We love Nicole. She will be back. Don't worry. All right. Well, fellas, shall we decide whether this movie fucks or sucks? You bet. Johnny, what say you? Uh, this is a scary fuck, actually. Uh, <laughs> this, this movie fucks nonetheless. However, you want to watch back and do not fall asleep because it will fuck you up. But it does fuck. Jacqueline, okay. how about you? <laughs> I kind of I my my instinct is to call this one a frigid fuck because mm. I think that it neither fucks nor sucks. 
it's somewhere in like a gray middle zone. And so I think it's just frigid. She don't fuck. She don't suck. She don't do anything. She's <laughs> laser. Yeah. Hyderberg. Uh, I think this is a fuck, but it's an it's like an awkward fuck, you know, um, <laughs> like an awkward sex tape that you made with your ex. <laughs> awkward. <laughs> we'll get into the spoilers, right? <laughs> <laughs> some uh, some mixed reviews from from us here. All right. Well, before we spoil it, John, you want to hit us with that spoiler warning? Yep. Uh, this is your spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about uh, Lame Society from 2022, which you can find on Shutter. Our female director of this week, Jillian Wallace Horvat. We're going to talk about this movie in its entirety. If you have not seen it, pause the podcast, go watch it, then come back to find out what we thought about it. All right. You've been warned. And now my favorite part, and I'm sure yours too. Heidelberg, do you have a reach around for us? I do. I have a very awkward reach around. Ready for <laughs> It goes with the awkward fuck. Yeah. It's his left hand. <laughs> I'm pretty versed, huh? All right, you ready? Yes. My friends once said I'd make a good killer. I took the idea and planned to deliver. A film that's about a real-life thriller. With GoPro on head and selfie stick in hand. I take to the streets to kill me a man. Bleeding them dry was part of the plan. Then write them a note as best as I can. To sound like as if I was them. This film I am making is ruining my life. I won't stop until I've killed Chase's wife. Now that that's done, I still want my fame. I'll kill two producers for thinking I'm lame. They thought I was dumb and playing a game. It's not all my fault. Society is to blame. Oh, I love that. Very nice. And you put the title. the title. I love that. That's yeah. really good. <clears throat> so, really so we got some the whole plot in there. Yeah, we... we <laughs> so we... It, uh, Hydraberg texted us earlier that this kind of reminds you of the movie Creep if you've never seen it. Yeah, um, I haven't seen vibes. it actually. Oh wow! Uh, have you seen? Vibes. Have you seen Behind the Mask? I um, love Behind the Mask with Leslie Vernon. Oh yes, yes, yes. yes. I got that vibe too. Mm. I'm always a sucker for POV slash found footage, whatever you want to call this movie, because I think mm-hmm. it was more POV. Yes. Um, I thought Jillian did a a masterful job of playing into that 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 she's she she seems like she's maybe well off and but she has all this equipment and the way she sets it up and she's always grabbing it like like setting up her scenes Mm -hmm. i thought that was the most brilliant thing about it because it was just she was playing into that you know uh, i think people that don't like found footage is like well how did that camera get there how did all of a sudden catch this how did all of a sudden catch that she answered that by grabbing the camera and, you know, it would be shaky or you'd see the sky or look down to the ground or feet or whatever it was. It was, you know, it was kind of well placed. And, and she, that's a vice. Yeah. And that little contraption where she does the like the wheelchair. Clo- <laughs> well, the wheelchair or, or the device where she's Is cranking it. like a hand it. crank? Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's and cranking it's like, that. Up to a wheelchair. She's like cranking it towards yeah, her. Yeah. And it, it, it was like, man, this, this woman is brilliant. Like just the way she shot it, so I, I guess we can dive into the movie itself. Yeah, we can start. No, we can start there. But yeah, no. So I, I think that the meta aspect of this movie really works because she's really like her character is Jillian Horvat, and she yeah. herself in real life is Jillian Horvat. So she's playing like a version of herself, like a, right. a fictionalized version of herself, making this documentary. And so she is a filmmaker. Her character as herself in the film is a filmmaker, and so she uses that. And, and as you said, to kind of a perfect, um, like as a perfect device for explaining a lot of things. 
a lot of the actors have they play their like their real names or at least their first name. Like Keith is named Keith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Olivia is Olivia. Chase is Chase. Chase is also a co-writer. Mm-hmm. Chase Williamson. And well, and like Olivia, she's actually the DP. And in okay. the movie, she's her DP. Yeah. And so it's like she's Olivia the DP. That's cool. On both yeah. levels. the second this is the second time i watched it just for the podcast so like to me the first time i watched it i'm like man this acting fucking blows i mean what what's going on here however the second time i watched it you want to talk about getting meta it's like i'm not really an actress and i gotta play up to the camera like she was doing this purposely like like i i have to you know i have to kind of play up to the camera um man this girl could act actually (laughs) Like, I thought it was a little she stiff, but really at the same point, it works for the film. Like you said, it's like almost, you know, it's meant to be. She's like a little awkward. Yeah. And yeah, unbalanced. She, and it shows. Well, she says it in the movie that she's got a, a social anxiety. She takes a depression medication for yeah. it. And it's just like she plays into that really, really well. Mm-hmm. I like the and opening a, scene. What's that? The opening scene on the rooftop with Chase. Yeah, that's that's so messed up. funny. Yeah. Yeah, the only time she cried, she cries real tears is when you know it's three years later and Chase, who has an allergy to sesame seeds. I get peanuts, but seriously, like sesame seeds, I've never heard that in my life. I, I'm not making fun. I just I've never heard of somebody having an allergy allergy to sesame seeds. I think it's a thing. I, I mean, I think I've heard of that before. Definitely not as common as peanut allergies, but no, I think yeah. it's a thing. But it's I weird. Down in my notes. What were you gonna say? Well, I just thought it was weird because the first thing he said is like, is that peanuts in it? And it's like, no, you ordered a, a bagel. Yeah, see, like, I thought she was, I thought there was poison in his sandwich because I'm like, I watched him spit and then he was like clearing his throat a couple of times. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, she's killing him now. She didn't intentionally mean to kill him, though. Yeah. And that's the only time she really cried is, is you know, yeah. like had real emotion is when he died. You know, she was just trying to. But that the arc for that was kind of rad because you know she's talking about jokingly or you seeing it seems like she's talking about this jokingly of would I make a good murderer? Would I make a good murderer? Oh well, yeah, you're I mean you're you have no emotion, but you know, when they go on that hike and he's dying and the EpiPen's right there and he's dead, she stabs him with the EpiPen and it doesn't work. Yeah, because she withholds it. She's like, Yeah, you have so to promise you're gonna, gonna marry yeah. that lady. Because she obviously has feelings for this guy, I feel like, deep down. I don't know if it's that. I, I, I don't know. I Her boyfriend's pretty lame. Oh, well, I don't. I think it's more of like a moral compass thing. Like, she cannot yeah. abide the thought Maybe. of this person who's her dear friend marrying somebody who thinks who she thinks is just t- totally awful. I, I feel the same way. I, I, I think that she was just more of like a really good confidant for her or, or like a, a, you know, a voice of reason for her. Mm-hmm. You know, and she cares deeply about him, but I don't think there was any kind of relationship between them. I think after that, like, like you talked about, Heidelberg, like the really good shot of her saying, well, let me go to your house and I'll be wearing a mask and let me go through it. And this is how I'd kill somebody. Yeah. And the, and the fact that she calls the girlfriend Stalin. Oh, my God. <laughs> how relevant <laughs> is it to today? Oh, yeah. Geez. Yeah. <laughs> it's an odd this film. It, it kind of hit me more like today watching it. So. I was like, yeah. oh, shit. It's, it definitely hits different this week. I, yes, it does. Yeah. Weird I wrote that. down in my notes. Um, she reminds me of Daria from the MTV animated series. <laughs> no, 
Not everybody listening will remember no, Daria. She, like her delivery is like so dry most of the time. Yeah. And, like, she is. She she's emotionless. Yeah. yeah. The three of us are of a certain age, so if you are younger than like forty, go seek out the animated series from MTV called Daria. You're YouTube it, you little fuckers. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you whippersnappers. <laughs> you fucking zoomers. No, I'm just kidding. Now, now, now. Let's I'm not be kidding. insulting. Is that a derogatory term? I don't know. Well, you said it meanly. <laughs> well, I was just kidding. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anybody that's younger right now. I just know it's a term. I don't know. I'm old. Of, I don't know. They're all turning us off right now. Oh, you, God, guys are, we you guys are a bunch of boomers. That's what you are. I'm not a boomer. I'm None not either. None of us are boomers. No, yeah, my but that's was. what they're thinking. I know. Um, I found the boyfriend to be like so annoying. And I wrote down that I hope he dies first, but he didn't. I didn't. Really? I, I disagree yeah. with that 100%. Like him. Yeah. I'm not I, saying I, that like he didn't have any reason to like have problems with his girlfriend. I just found when everything he was on screen, I just didn't. You notice he wore the same shirt every day. Yeah, every he's day. a production guy. That one he, time you saw him on a date or whatever with but, Chasers. You know, you know, uh, the the one thing about that is like when they film movies, I guess it's like one of those codes of like you're wearing this shirt because you're part of the production team. You know, obviously we got that through the story of when they're discussing, you know, how they're dating. Okay, that went. makes more sense. But yeah, but he was like editing and stuff like that. I don't think he had to have that shirt on. Yeah. He had it on all the time. Well, I thought it was actually a pretty oh my big. Gosh. Is this what you're going to complain about, Hydro? <laughs> Yeah, it was no, like I, the trash I, bag from but, fucking but, <laughs> <laughs> the trash bag. I I I think like, it was a key. Thing, it, it was a key piece of the movie because you see the homeless guy, the guy she has sex with later in the he movie. Puts the shirt on him. It, it, she gave it to him because took all the rest of his stuff and just gave it to the homeless. You saw her like passing it out. She went down like to Skid Road type place and was passing out the clothes, and then saw this guy writing a sign. So. Maybe he's uh, like Steve Jobs and he has like 20 of the same shirt. And he, he just, just wears the black shirt all the time. <laughs> all right, I, I just noticed it. It was like popping up and every scene he showed up and I'm just like, wait a minute, he's got that shirt on again? What the fuck? Well, anyway, I didn't. Mention, she's like, I really like you in this shirt. So maybe he wore it for her. I, I didn't I didn't have any problem with his character at all. I, I thought he was like the voice of reason. He was like, I think he was like the vehicle for the audience's thoughts. Like, what the fuck are you doing? This is unhealthy. Do I don't know because gonna... like... sorry. Go ahead. There's before she starts like turning and going a little like crazy with it. There's a moment where it's just like this is a project of hers, and he seems a little negative towards it, like right away. He's and just being like, honest with her. I, I thought it. it was just her. Be he, he, he was ge- being con- like giving giving a constructive criticism of it. You know, he was saying, well, this is kind of boring. You know, what? why don't you do this? You know, I, um, I don't know. There was a, there was like such a social awareness of what was going on here. Like the two like to me, the two biggest biggest pieces of shit were the producers. Well, yeah, I mean, the, they're the, the producers and her manager that like fired her. Oh no! I think I think that's he was a total asshole. But I mean, it it wasn't like he was the villain of the movie. To me, the villains were the producers. Yeah, yeah. he was. (laughs) That was a funny scene though, because he does a Facetime call. (laughs) He's got it up to his ear. What? Okay, whatever. You know, just kind of ignoring her, and it's just like Mm -hmm. this is not going to work. You know, Hollywood's a cutthroat business. I didn't. I wasn't necessarily attached to this guy being an asshole, but these producers and the dialogue, the dialogue that was written for them. 
was actually really, really nicely done just because yeah. it was just, we understand women's, uh, uh, the women's suffrage thing. And, you know, going back to 20, 30 years ago with, you know, this is what you need to go. We need a strong female lead. And she shows them the movie that she had made. And they're like, no, didn't get it. But this is real. Um, no, I didn't get it. I, I think you take women back. The one guy what? says, like, that doesn't seem real to me. <laughs> oh, it totally is real. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I think those two characters. Well, and there are several other things in the film. But I but I think the most obvious and ongoing example is those two producers, like, illustrates what women have to go through in the film industry. Or, I mean, you could even argue, like, any industry just about. Mm-hmm. with like men condescending to them men tokenizing them men pretending to be allies when really they're just as sexist as everybody else yeah, and misogynistic her. they're like yeah they're like using her to appear like to be allies uh and basically just pandering to her i mean it was just sickening and but I, so i thought it worked really well as satire um well, i definitely I, it, saw that Let's call them Chip and Chad because those are douchey Chip names. Chip and Chad. <laughs> um, so, like one of them, I, it was probably Chip. Uh, says, <laughs> uh, he goes, uh, she goes when they first meet up. Uh, she asked if they read her script, and he goes, "Nope, didn't read the script. I saw yeah, your no. shorts, and you got potential." <laughs> I was like, okay. "And then why don't you do this? Uh, what did they call that thing? You know, it's a uh, almost like like that." Yeah, like some sort of package, like like uh, come up with demo, a like uh, demo or something. Um, yeah, something what do they like call that. It? Yeah, I forgot what they call it. I didn't write that shit down. I should have. It was so stupid. I hated those guys. Um, <laughs> Chip and Chad. Which makes the ending that much more effective. It's definitely satisfying. Yeah, I like the ending. Yeah. Not to jump ahead, but we're talking about them anyway. That's there okay. Was... And we've already dropped the spoiler warning. So, yeah. yeah. Are you talking about like when she finally kills them and she's like, is this real enough for yeah. you? Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. And then yeah. she's like, I'm just being the leading lady or whatever. No, she's he, she she says leader. the best line. She's like, I'm a strong female lead. Yeah. And, and then, then the blood the just splatters on screen with the to the music. Yeah. And then that song I mean, kicks in. I like the song too that kicked in yeah. right away. It was like really cool. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah. It was nice CGI the way to spray the title yeah, of the movie right there. So it was nice. I love how that dude was nice like, wait a touch. minute, I have some photos on my phone I want to delete. Like he knows he's gonna die. <laughs> but he doesn't want yes. to leave evidence of like his kinks or anything, probably. Well, like, so, what does he care if he's dead? Like, who cares? Someone's gonna no, say it. He he's like, wait a minute. That's Hollywood though. It's like you don't <laughs> yeah, want to go out true. with a bad legacy. I mean, yeah. image like, is everything. He was fucking a horse, probably. I don't know. Oh yeah. my god. God, wow, that but but no, I'm I'm saying that this guy was so douchey, he could have had something that abhorrent on his phone. Hey, no kink shaming. Yeah, man. (laughs) No, that's that's a kink shame. I will shame you all about do not fuck animals. (laughs) What? That's bestiality. Or I cross the line. John is anti-bestiality, let it be said. I I, find I, I will movie. yes, I will I will die to my I'll go to my grave with that. Yes. I don't fuck an animal. <laughs> I thought this movie had some really good humor and like not a not an in your face haha humor, but there was some really funny moments. Like when Jillian breaks into that one woman's house and she's drinking wine 
wearing like the balaclava and she's sitting on the edge of the bed while the lady's sleeping. And she's got the selfie stick and she's like, I'm living my best life. And <laughs> that it's just was so freaking wine. I was just like, oh, my God, I laughed out loud. She did that through the whole movie, but the thing was, it was so weird. She's wearing the most obscure like ski mask. I think yeah. something you go by, go to Walmart and buy. It's a red ski mask with the eye holes. She eventually takes it off because she's in Los Angeles, so it's not that cold. So she basically yeah. just takes it off and you know just willy nilly just going around the house. Yeah. I- I think this movie works really well as like a, a comedy, like a dark comedy. Uh-huh. I, I agree Agreed. with you, Hyderberg. I thought it was very funny, like all the way throughout. I think she as a character was really funny. And then her, the satire that she was drawing was like funny because it was true. You know what but, I mean? Yeah. Like skewering these douchebags all over Hollywood. Um, but yeah, I, I, I laughed. I laughed in, internally pretty much all the way through so yeah. I, I agree with that i thought she has like a character was very like, witty am I supposed to laugh or not like it's awkward it's sort of like yeah. and it's dry humor so you're just like oh, okay okay well and another <clears throat> addition to the dry humor is she finds a homeless guy and the conversation they had is like you know obviously you're in la i, I think it goes over people's heads of like well i thought you might have been a child star <laughs> yeah oh. <laughs> and it's like like no i'm just a guy that worked at boston market boston market <laughs> and she had a great line she's like ew and she would incorporate what she learned about like, why well, i didn't eat the food <laughs> it, yeah and the suicide notes you know like uh, look, the first woman she killed the actress is that she's writing the suicide note on her tablet mm-hmm. um you know his <laughs> she was writing on a sign said we'll work for food or whatever it said you know i mean i thought that was it, it was I think the word you said, Jacqueline, is meta. This this movie was yeah. really meta. It had the same kind of subgenre of a of a POV found footage type movie, but it was also it was very meta because it was just it didn't take it to itself so seriously. And you know, some of the kills were actually really brilliant because I, you've seen these before. Have you ever seen a kill with a skateboard? Good lord! I don't know. I like that. I loved it because she gives the guy a beer. Obviously, she had slipped that that poison yeah, in there, and he's like, "No, hey, I'm sorry, I'm straight edge," and just beats the shit out of him with the beer bottle, yeah, and then like the kills bottle, him yeah. with the freaking skateboard. I like how she slowly starts turning, like settling into her character. You know, like it starts as like the drama, like she's making the documentary, but like over time, she just starts getting into it, like. And you see how deranged she really is like, but it almost it's like she finds herself, though, because as she's doing that, she starts becoming a little bit more like, I don't know, she starts she changes her hair, her look, she becomes a little bit more attractive in the in the film, at least like her look wise on purpose, I feel like and like confident in herself. And so it's sort of like she's coming to her own in that sense. And I won't bring up creep again because Jacqueline hasn't seen it, but I'll bring up uh, behind the mask. You know, it was the yeah. same thing is that that, you know, you could put on a front that you're perfectly normal. But but as you uh, go into this downward sp- spiral of who you really are, yeah. that's who you really are. You know, yeah. obviously, without spoiling uh, behind the mask, it takes a really dark turn at the end. You know, yeah. and that's what happened with this, although it was done with more humor on this one. She's like mousy in the beginning, but then towards the end, she's definitely more vocal and like she's not taking any shit from anybody. I, I kind of like that. Well, so that kind of, I guess that kind of leads into my main problem with this film, which is like I can see a lot of like 
you know, details and things that I really like. But when I look at like the overall concept of this movie, I find it confusing, I guess would, would be the way I would describe it. Mm-hmm. So from the beginning scene where she's talking to, what's his name, Chase? Yeah. She's talking to Chase on the rooftop and explaining the concept of her documentary. It's a, It stems from this comment from some of their friends who said, oh, you'd make a good murderer. So she's making a documentary, I guess, about like, hypothetically how I would pull off the perfect murder, but it's meant to be hypothetical. She's not intending to kill anybody, I guess. It's just like going through the steps of how she would do it if she were to do it. Very OJ, I guess. Um, Whoa, too soon. But- no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh my God, it's been like loose. 25 years. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, but so then she actually... I don't know if you could say she kills somebody, but she definitely doesn't intervene to save somebody with Chase when he he has the allergic reaction to the thing. And so all this time she's been talking about Chase's girlfriend, Stalin, with this like air of like moral kind of um, accusation. Like she's a terrible person. She's the worst person I know. She's emotionally abusive. She's awful, blah, blah. And so she's been talking about this person. And so you get this feeling, okay, so maybe she's she fancies herself like a vigilante, right? Um, and she's, you, we've had some villains before in some of, pre, some of our previous episodes who like killers who operate on a moral compass. They're vigilantes. They see themselves as like righteous and they're like righting certain wrongs. They're killing only bad people and making sure that good people are safe. But th- she doesn't continue with that and so the, the two the two things that bother me are that one, she she starts off with this idea of like, well, you have to kill somebody who's really bad. That's how you choose your victim. But then she ends up totally straying from that and just killing people like willy nilly with no moral compass whatsoever. And so that falls apart. And then the other thing is like, are we supposed to believe that she is starting a film project with a documentary about how she would theoretically kill someone and then she does kill people and continues to film it yeah like that doesn't make sense to me and so i i I, i've been contemplating that for like three days now and i guess like if i had to force an answer i would say i would point to one of the lines where the boyfriend says are you willing to like destroy somebody else and yourself for the sake of a film like that's just not worth it ever and she's like but what if it's a really bad person and a really good film so they explain some of that away with her mo because she explains that like she has to change it up so she doesn't get caught or whatever but she does she does explain that to him um jacqueline you make such a valid point and i agree with you 100 but the thing was is i think that um uh jillian was always a psychopath always had mm-hmm. these thoughts this is exactly why they had three years previous of having this conversation on the roo- rooftop this is why she she suggested it i think this is where she got the inspiration from it my thought was is after watching it a second time because they did mention she was on medication right yeah. so i think within that three years she got on medication she seemed pretty uh pretty on the level um and then um chase right chase was his name Mm -hmm. he died and then went on back down her spiral of becoming a psychopath so i think it was helping her but reading into it and and maybe it was just my thought was 
yeah, she got off medication. She's back to being a psychopath. And this is why she did it willy nilly. Hey, she did explain that. Well, you got to do it different each time. She was talking to a, I don't know who that One guy was. Days. Was it a date like, or was it, it like a psychiatrist? Like a I felt like a psychiatrist because because they were separated. They, they were they were across the table from each other, but she had that little dolly thing where the camera's zooming in on her. Yeah. And she ends up shooting that guy in the head. So that was yeah, that's that's what I thought. That's how I read it. Well, a lot of the guys that she had, she seemed to like get into like she was either gonna have sex with or you know, was on a date with them or proposition them for something. So that's why I assumed that it was just like a guy she she was going to hook up with or something. But yeah, well, it could have been a therapist. If, you, if you're right, John, though, that that's the, the explanation, like she just went off the deep end, then I feel like that kind of just muddies the water. And it's like, why would he, why would you even start with that position of like oh, having a moral compass to begin with, like a Dexter type thing? I, I just I don't, don't, I just think yeah, it makes I, it sloppy. I, yeah. And I don't think she had a moral compass. I think she got on medication and it helped her mentally. Um, obviously she was dealing with a lot, but I think she was always, she always deep seated inside. And you're right. It does muddy it. But for me, it didn't give me less enjoyment of the movie because it was a fun ride. I mean, you, you got to see, you know, the cuts, <laughs> the cutscenes of the news of like, um, when the old man got stabbed in the back, you know, talking about millennials and, yeah. and his wife comes out. Did, was He's that, always hated millennials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it was like, okay, that was fun. I mean, and the way everything tied in together and the kills and and I guess I just sus- suspended my disbelief of, of like, okay, so so how could you go from, you know, being wanting to kill her best friend's uh, girlfriend? Well, she became the fiance. Yeah. And then I the one unanswered question is why. She said she scraped off the 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 uh, sesame seed. So again, I don't understand that. But the unanswered question is why well, did she already know? No, uh, I don't said think she, so. he said he hated. She, yeah, he but, but, but she gave him a bagel with sunflower seed or, or uh, sesame seeds on it, right? She, yeah, yeah, exactly. But but she didn't. <laughs> I mean, he's. Well, the fact that they were on the bagel is still enough. She did not save his life with the epinephrine fit, uh, pin right away, yeah. but she gave him a bagel, which if they're best friends, she should have known that he was allergic to this, right? That that was the unexplained thing to me of, of how, how the dominoes fell of how she became a serial killer, because that's where it started. I do agree with you, though. I think like, I think she was always like sociopathic, but you know, she took meds and then this this documentary became like an outlet for her. And then eventually she like you said, like she found herself through it and went, you know, she went into it. She she dove into the kills. And I love that she wrote suicide notes for people that she literally you're not going to convince anybody it was a suicide. Boston market. <laughs> Actually, really disgusting. makes me want some Boston market. Sounds pretty, pretty tasty. I want a Boston market chicken sandwich. There we go. Oh man. Well, but I don't feel like you guys addressed my other question though, which is like, if you are trying to get away with murder, why would you film it and then show it to people? Yeah, you're right about that. 
Like that kind of ruins the but, whole thing. But who thing. did she show it to? I, I guess that's my producers question. who she's trying to get to like distribute it. Yeah, like she made a no, movie she, out of it. I, 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 that was also explained away because it was almost like they watched the entire movie as we were watching it till the very end of when you know she took sorry Stalin's uh, organs and killed her, uh, and they're like, well, that wasn't believable. Yeah. So, so again, that was kind of meta of like you were watching the movies, the movie as the producers were, and they and she killed them. I mean, it, it wasn't like she showed everybody. And possibly we're just not we're supposed to lead. We're led to believe that like she hasn't thought this through because she is, you know, kind of fucked up in the head. So in her mind, filming it is not like it's not going to get a caught. I guess I just feel like certain lines kind of point to her like awareness that yeah. it's like going to come across like as real. Like, like when, crimes. like after the first one, when she's like, well, that took a drastic turn. I wasn't expecting Like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, it seemed if she just relied on the assumption that people were going to watch it purely as fiction, then that's pretty fucking brazen. Like if you accidentally killed someone or like, did not intervene in someone's impending death like would you be like oh i'll just keep filming everybody will think it's fake like i don't know it just seems like a really big gamble couldn't that be a commentary on hollywood too it's like i don't give a fuck what you do you know it's like you need to do this this and this i i want to make my my art you know is she actually did kill people maybe we watched a snuff film and just didn't know it Right, mm. exactly right. So that could have been really meta. You need to check out those actors and see if they're actually still I, I would. Are you guys okay? Are you on Twitter? <laughs> you know, you're right though, because when when she's questioned about did she film during Chase's death, she says no, right? And she was. Mm-hmm. She was smart enough to know not to say that there were any footage of that because she knew that she stalled on the EpiPen. Mm-hmm. But she's also losing it over the progression of the film, so. Who knows? Well, and like, that even, is a if good she, point. even if the film gets screened and like people believe it's fiction, those are still real victims. And like the families of the people who got killed are going to be like, yeah, they're actually dead. This- yeah. Well, <laughs> I just in- feel like it's like not, it doesn't, I just feel like it doesn't work. Also, the authorities don't seem to like know they think it was a man and stuff like that. So I maybe that, that was part that of was it. funny. Well, that's some commentary for you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, oh, a woman is not capable. There's a white man. No, no, yeah, that's exactly what they said. They said it's a white male in his uh late 20s, early 30s. Well, and that's she the goes, profile, right? That's not a fucking man. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, Jacqueline, is that. I guess you could look forward to like if she's if this is her masterpiece or piece de resistance is like like okay maybe in the future that's what happens but she's just screening it for these two jackass producers they didn't ask her to do this be, no. because she brought it up she goes well you taught me to go outside the box or my comfort level or or whatever it was no we just needed you to write a treatment. That's all we needed. We gave you an example and you didn't. Maybe this job is not for you. And she ends up shanking the motherfuckers. So <laughs> all prison style like, too. That was nice. Yeah, she she did the thing. <laughs> she she slits that one guy's throat. It was great. That was. That was brutal. Yeah. And I thought talking about Dexter, who brought up Dexter? Like yeah. oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go, Jacqueline. Like the whole the whole bathtub scene, that was that was a kind of a nod yeah. to that, wasn't it? It was a good kill room. Yeah. 
Well, you saw the plastic all around. And I did mm-hmm. like that scene a lot, too, though, because. And you have a woman sitting in there bleeding to death in the. Yeah, and she in, in takes her organs out. And she, then she really hated in. that bitch. Yeah, she did. Call her and Stalin. she calls in like as if she's the woman. This is Stalin yeah. in like a weird European voice or something. No, like no, no. What my subtitles, can... my subtitles said Michael Caine voice. That, yeah, but okay, that's yeah, exactly yeah. what they were talking about. Like with her boyfriend and and talking to the God. What was her name? What was her actual Jason name? Because I, I, yeah, yeah. Jason. I don't remember. Okay, because I didn't write it down. She as. As Jillian was going through filming, you know, she was kind of in the background. She was talking to her boyfriend and um, uh, saying, yeah, I had this whole thing planned out. I was going to talk in my Michael Caine voice. Do you want to hear it? And then all of a sudden Jillian comes up and then (laughs) and I didn't even hear that. Yeah. Jillian calls the police and says, my name is stolen. And (laughs) And you can find my organs. (laughs) Well, she did her suicide note via the phone. You know? Yeah. And called her Stalin, which is exactly what she called her all the time. So it's like weird. Right. But who else would know that? Except yeah. Keith. Keith might. Yeah. I always so thought Keith was going to get killed, end. but she never killed Keith. She no. loved Keith. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> she at least <laughs> liked Keith. After I didn't like Keith. I'm sorry. She liked after... sex with Keith because that's why she filmed. Never mind. Because I might be gone one day. I might be gone. (laughs) I thought it was actually pretty funny. It was like there was a sex scene and he uh, gives her oral sex. And (laughs) he's going like, well, why why don't you just film us having sex? He's like, like, I want to watch something I like. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Yeah, because we're led to believe that like, oh, he found the camera at some point because it cuts to like. Yeah, yeah, it was actually like. As as he, <laughs> he was going to um, trying to be nice about it, please her. Go down on her. I go down on her. Um, as he was doing that, it goes into the cutscene. And, and she goes, "No, I just want to film stuff I like, so I can watch it <laughs> back." And it's like, "Oh shit, you just got oh, emasculated." Sh- <laughs> I like got- when he says he's going to leave. Yeah, he got emasculated. He totally did. Well, when, but when it sounds like she enjoys leave. his oral skills. Oh, yeah. hey, you know, there you go. That counts. That counts for a lot. That counts a lot. Foreplay is important. Absolutely. Um, When he's like, I'm going to leave, I'll come back and get fucking, what was the cat's name? Pepper. Pepper. She's like, I'll fucking kill you. If you-, <laughs> <laughs> you will not take Pepper. I love that. <laughs> hey, well, don't funny. mess with a girl's pet. Yeah. Yeah. Or pussy, if you will. Oh, John. You had to go there, didn't you? I did. I mean, it was like low it was hanging like, fruit. No, it, <laughs> it was, was low nice hanging little, fruit. Indeed, it, I didn't even say it. It was a nice. <laughs> I'm that soft, guy. It was a nice little softball, and I went. Yeah, I was expecting Heinerberg to say that. Yeah, even <laughs> I knew to stay away from that one. Oh, oh shit! Now I'm the piece of shit here. Oh, okay. Wait, I'm no. a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. No, I'm just kidding. No one here is a piece of shit. Boys, boys, boys. <laughs> Uh, we're like brothers we fight there's no kink shaming no no kink shaming I don't know if you guys listen to the latest unless you fuck animals yes John will shame you if you fuck animals let's just end it on that note (laughs) 
it's getting what else real do you guys, awkward, which is good you, for the an awkward movie. This yeah. was an awkward movie. What else do you guys want to talk about with this film? Uh, I, you know, I, I think the kills were actually very, very inventive. You know, I mean, it's like we've seen all this before. You know, take <clears throat> uh, like the the fiance or ex fiance, her organs getting taken out. That was actually really cool. Uh, that was again, my favorite I'll, one. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, I love the skateboard kill. I mean, there was some yeah. CGI there. For it was that. CGI blood, but yeah, it was so cool. It's okay. Yeah, I just uh, like that she had to like think on the spot, like, "Oh, you're straight edge." You're not gonna drink oh the shit! I gotta poison. do this now. Okay, <laughs> she just got aggressive all of a sudden. Yeah. How about your Renfield crackhead? Why Renfield? He, Renfield because he takes the bodies out of the car and stuff like that. He's like, "Oh, hey, that dude, that dude." It, yes, it, yes. It, yeah, she the goes, Yeah. Well, I guess he he was a crackhead or something like he was always well, in his freaking, he was in his tidy whities all the time. It was like, yeah. <laughs> even she she comes in, she's got blood all over her face, <laughs> and she goes, "Yeah, I got some piece of shit out in my car. Go pick it up." And yeah. blood, yeah, and blood, he knows it's a body. He does. He's like, oh, "Well, he's, he's smoking like crack up. or or whatever it was." I was yeah. like, "That was that was pretty rad. That was funny." Only in L.A. Only in L.A. Honestly, I I just found so much of this movie to be like kind of like kind of forgettable. Like yeah, I, I watched guess. it 3 days ago and I'm having trouble remembering some of the details and honestly, it's like hard for me to think of stuff to say about this movie. That's there's not, not a good. ton that happens to be honest. It's a short film and but so that's the thing is like I actually think that this would have worked better as a short film, like a twenty yeah. to thirty minute short film. Agreed. And eighty four minutes is not a long film. I love movies yeah. that are around eighty five minutes, but this I think it was, I think it was kind of like all concept and not a, a not like a great amount of development. It's like I feel like she could have made all the same points and had like shown the humor and done some creative kills within like a 30 minute short film. I don't feel like, it, I just don't feel like it really went anywhere that needed yeah. 84 minutes to get there. And so yeah. I, I think it would have worked better as like a, a short. Because the dialogue's not bad, right? But if you tighten it no, up it's into not a bad. 30 minute. Yeah. Yeah, there's like that. some fat you could trim. And I'm not trying to insult her because I think this was like a, I think there are a lot of good things ab- about this film. I, yeah, but the I think like the premise bothers me in a couple different ways and um and i just it didn't really like go anywhere particularly yeah, like cut out some scenes of dude wearing the same t-shirt over and over again oh my god um <laughs> I, I just honestly like a year from now i will remember almost nothing about this film and that's like not how i want to feel no i mean i get it like not every movie has to be hereditary or whatever but um, I just it, it, this one like just didn't land for me. I mean, it didn't totally fail, but it just didn't like it didn't hit for me. It hit for me, but Jacqueline, I think you made my biggest issue, or, or you just brought up my biggest issue is it? It's too fucking long. There's a lot of like just lingering. Yeah, pacing's an issue for me. Yeah. I mean, what's yeah. the point of having her mother and her grandmother in this movie? You know, as, as a documentary, I get it. She's a documentary filmmaker. That's fine. I understand that. If you want to make a snuff film, make a snuff film. You know, just cut a lot of that fat out. And it's just, it could have been shortened up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to me, it was very entertaining. I was never bored in the movie. 
Um, mm. I think what she tried to do is extend it out and keep some of these scenes in here to make it, you know, a shutter exclusive, you know, it wasn't a yeah. documentary. It was actually a, a, a feature length film. Mm-hmm. So keeping that in there kind of ruined it for me. However, I was very entertained with this movie. I, it felt like a horror movie. It felt like a POV found footage type movie. Um, I actually did like the social commentary or the, the, the social issues that, that were brought up in here because it was such an extreme of, you know, you're a dude, you do not understand what a woman goes through. You don't understand what anybody goes through. You're in your own little tiny world of being a producer because there was also a, a line in there. It's like, she goes <clears throat> at the beginning, she, she asked the producers if it got greenlit and they're like, well, well, this is what we need you to do. You know, kind of poo-pooing of what she's asking her of, of mm-hmm. like, are you serious? Is like, like you're, you're not going to answer my question of yeah. this guy. What have you done for me lately? So this to- is what I need from you. Yep. Don't worry about what we're doing. This is what we need from you. And this then is we'll why, throw you a bone. Yeah, this is why Diane called because said you were good. But this mm. is what we need. It's not you're not directing. You're doing uh, something that somebody else could do with PowerPoint or something like that on your computer. So, you know, I thought there was like some important things in there. But you're right, Jacqueline. I mean, th- this movie went way too long. Way yeah. too long. But I, I agree with you about the like the the satire and the social commentary of it. I I appreciated all of that, and I think it was done perfectly. And actually, I don't think it was like that extreme. I mean, it wasn't like exaggerated that much. The stuff that she was portraying, I feel like that's how women get talked to in like every field. Yep. <laughs> so it, 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 it definitely was not a kick in the face. It wasn't like oh here you go, let's throw it yeah. right into your face. No, it was it was subtle, but blunt i guess is, is that, that, that is the best that way to put it? i don't know but subtle but blunt i mean just subtly blunt like this is the way it is but not like i just i, I think it was like realistic i mean it, i think it was portrayed as satire but it was realistic it wasn't like tremendously exaggerated to make a point it was like i think i think most women watching that would be like oh yeah i recognize that behavior yeah chip and chad <laughs> are like terrible people so chip and yeah. chip and chad that's what I'm gonna cut now. It, like the next time somebody speaks like that to me, I'm just gonna be like, okay, fucking chip. Chip. Take Calm it down. easy there, chip. The Calm next down. guy at Starbucks is like, take it easy there, chip. Calm down, Rob Zombie. Oh shit. Sorry. Oh shit. You will yes, not like towards the end. Mentioned. Yes, I got it. You will it. not come in here and besmirch the name of Rob Zombie I will to not. my face. I'm sorry. I apologize. What a chip. You well, are. Well, well, Stop being a Chad. <laughs> there you go. I like that. You're being a chode. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Whoa. Hey, we got we got chode. a new word now. <laughs> Rob Zombie likes chodes. Oh my god. <laughs> I that was he also impressive, agrees. John. I actually forgot that I he forgot also about agree- our weekly mention. Yeah, he also agrees that you should not fuck animals. Rob Zombie. Well he's yeah, vegan. he's vegan, so so me and Rob well, Zombie are on the same page. Sp- I haven't heard his specific thoughts about fucking animals. We know his thoughts about eating them. Yeah, you don't want to eat them as long as they're alive. <laughs> okay, well, that was We're making uh, John ponder that. <laughs> no, no, that made me uncomfortable. I'm turning red here. It's like, oh my God, really? <laughs> All right. That Should we wrap me- it up? I don't want to get in our sure. review. Do you guys have any uh, any final points before we give our ratings? Nope. <laughs> Not really. All right. John, hit it. 
You bet. Uh, again, I had a lot of fun with this movie. I enjoyed it more the second time I watched it. You know, the, okay, the, okay. the it's just, it, it, I think it's because the humor hit me a little bit better. Um, you know, I picked up on some more of the, the social commentary jokes or, 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 or what the, what she was trying to say with this movie, you know, a very well done job by her. This movie was so fucking long for what it was trying to say. You know, I get, you know, uh, the, the, the confusion of how she got from point A to point B of becoming a complete psychopath. Yeah, that was a problem for me. But, you know, the acting was was fine. It was just exactly of you got a camera in your face and you're going to act like, Oof. you know, I even th- thought the actress uh, that she killed the, the first kill that she made was really good because it was like uh, Jillian stole her money and her credit cards. And it was just like and stole her her ID. And it yeah. was like, OK, that kind of lined up the way she lined everything up was was like a nice little domino row of like, OK, this happens and you know grabbing all of her cameras the way she set everything up before you know she's obviously thinking about this so she she's a psychopath um yeah too long you know some of the things don't make sense but and i'll let you guys get into it i'm gonna say it's a a seven out of ten um handcuffed knots oh okay that is high Sorry. <laughs> okay. It's it's not a fridge fuck. I thought it was a fuck. So okay. There, All right. There, fair there fair point. Hydroberg, yeah. what say you? Okay. Or um, you want me to go since you have something in your mouth? No, I can go. Okay. Let's talk uh, around it. I'm eating a Clementine for those that can't see. Ooh. Um I think this film has a very interesting premise. I like the the whole documentary. Um I'm making a documentary style. Uh aspect to it it's not quite like you said a pov it's not it's not totally found footage but there's found footage in there mixed in you know pov um almost like a clerk style or something like that you know i i really like the progression of jillian as a character i thought you know she goes from awkward filmmaker to serial killer in a decent progression she sort of just goes along with it at some point like you said like the when she's breaking into the to the asian actress's house or whatever and you start thinking like, wow, she's like, she's starting to really go in get into the, this character or just like get into the, the role of, you know, serial killer filmmaker. And you can just see that she's sort of just, nobody's checking in on her. Her boyfriend doesn't know that she's up to this stuff and she's just going into it. I kind of like that. Uh, I also got to give credit to Jillian Wallace Hor- Hor- uh, Horvat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just for creating this, directing it, starring it. I just think that's um, like a shining example of wh- like why we're shining a spotlight on women in horror, you know, and for her to be able to do all those and bring this uh, this film to, you know, shutter is just a, you know, cool co- accomplishment. And I'm interested in what else she does after this, because although I have problems with this film, I still I, I enjoyed it for the most part. It surprised me. Um, I do have some cons though. I thought the acting was a little stiff, but some of it works for the film. I mean, it's supposed to be awkward and seem like real. So she's not an actress. And I don't know how many of the other people are even actors either. Uh, the pace, it's a little slow. And like you said, that it's a little, the film's just a little too long. 
Mm-hmm. Even though it's short, it's still a little too long. Um, I like I said, I, this may seem morbid, but I was a little bummed that her ex didn't get killed. I don't know. I just wanted that guy <laughs> to die for some reason. Sorry. It's okay. And you I don't know how, how much. Feel. Yeah. I don't know how much rewatchability this film has. Like, I don't think I'll enjoy like watching it again, but mm-hmm. I did enjoy my initial viewing. So with that said, I am going to give I Blame Society a six out of ten handcuff nuts. All right. Very good. Here's That's our low score. Here's our low score. Jack Lee. Yeah, you can already tell. <laughs> I can. Uh, yeah. I mean, I kind of already said everything I have to say about the film and it, and that wasn't much. So that's just not great. <laughs> like I want to have a lot of stuff to say about it and I just don't. Um, but kind of like what I said before, there are a lot of trees that I like in this movie, but the forest doesn't make sense to me. So um like I can appreciate things about it. Uh, I think this, as I've mentioned multiple times, I think the satire really works well. I really like her as a character. Like, is this bad? I kind of want to be her friend as long as I know she's not going to kill me, but like, I want to hang out with her and drink some wine and live my best life. Mm. Uh, (laughs) Why are you breaking into somebody's house? I don't want to do that, but I'll I'll, like, (laughs) I'll keep her secrets. I'll keep her secrets. That's cool. I think you look good in a balaclava. Thanks. I don't know what that is, but thanks. That's that <laughs> that mask she had on with the holes cut out. That's what oh, it's that called. That's, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so I'd look good in a mask with my face covered up. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> I see how it is. No, what I'm saying is that, like, I think mm-hmm. you could pull off a mask with your face cut out. I'm just still not helping. Um, still not helping. I'm just gonna move on. Go yeah, I think the the pacing is is not great, and like in an to, to wish that an 84 minute movie was shorter is yeah. not good uh I, unlike you john i'm sorry but i was not always entertained by this movie i found myself kind of drifting off and like either my mind was wandering or i was kind of falling asleep and i was like oh i gotta you know continue this later my brain's not sticking to it that like oof. It's not great. So, but I think, as I said before, I think as a short film, I think this could have been perfect with some minor tweaks to it. Like give me a better reason why she's continuing to film this, even though it's like real murder, give me a better explanation for how she just like turns, like she starts out with a vigilante kind of justice thing and then turns to just like willy nilly. I know you guys have your explanations that work for you that it, it doesn't work for me so well. So, um, I, I love the humor. I think that that should, I would not wish that to change at all. I, I laughed on the inside many times and maybe a couple of times on the outside. So th- there's a lot to like, but I overall, yeah, like you said, Hyderberg, I don't think I would watch this again and I don't think I'll remember much of it later. So mm, I, I think I'm just going to have to kind of come straight down the middle and give it a five out of 10 handcuff knots. That's fine. That's what I figured you'd give it. Yeah. It wasn't terrible. Like I said, you know, there's, there's stuff to like, it's not a bad movie. It doesn't suck, but it don't fuck. (laughs) It's just frigid. Yeah. It's laser. (laughs) So it's like some decent oral, but you're not going to go any further with it. You know, like Uh, you did in the bedroom. Well, I don't know. I'm just bringing it back to the movie. But oh, she enjoys okay. I was, I was like, whoa, okay. Sex. No, I, I get what you were going with that. I just, you know, 
Oral is not just foreplay, boys. Agreed. I didn't say that, but it could be a John is absolving. Yeah, it could himself. be its own thing. I am. I totally am. I, I I think it could be the beginning of a finish. So <laughs> I'll say no more. Okay. All right. Well, uh, in keeping with the the pattern here, I actually have no trivia for this movie. I it does not have a Wikipedia page. There was no trivia on IMDb. All of my Google searches for information about this film and Jillian basically just led me to other people's reviews of the film. <laughs> so I really don't know anything about how it was produced or, or anything other than this is Jillian's debut feature film, uh, feature film. She's done a bunch of shorts before. This is her first full length and she's playing herself. The, the camera woman is playing herself yeah. so on and so forth. Let, let me ask you, uh, did you, did, bless you, Excuse me. Uh, bless you, uh, did you see any of the reviews? Are they positive, negative? Overwhelmingly positive. Really? Okay. Yeah. On Shutter, yeah. yeah, most of them were. Yeah, so I, I didn't read any reviews until after I'd already watched it. I don't like to color my perception of it, but uh, yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, overwhelmingly positive, high What, what was the score? Like, Do you know? Oh, I don't remember. Now. So it had so few audience reviews. It was like under 50. So they didn't give an aggregate. But um, the critics was high. I want to say like in the 90s, maybe. Give me one second. I... Well, the critics go <clears throat> to all those festivals and stuff like that. So I know this movie was made like, what shit, almost, well, almost two years ago. It went on the circuit and didn't come out until this year. So 90%. Ninety percent really? critics. Yeah. What about audience? There's no audience score because it says fewer than fifty ratings. So oh, I guess they, it's too few for them to give an aggregate. So, well, see, and again, I I didn't know about this movie at all. I've never heard anything about this movie, and I came across it. It was like this, almost like a giallo-looking uh, cover art where it was like blue and purples and pinks, and I was just like, let's give this a shot because it was such a short description. I was kind of intrigued by it. So I watched it. That's why I picked it this week. So, okay. yeah. So I'm, I'm just looking at the audience, the actual audience reviews. They don't have an aggregate at the top of the page on Rotten Tomatoes, but I'm just okay. looking at the individual reviews. They seem to be all over the place. So three stars, a half a star, half star, three and a half stars, two stars, five stars, four stars, three and a half, five. It's all over the place. Well, I wouldn't give this a four-star movie if we were doing it on the five scale. I'd do it maybe a three, three and a half. Is that what I gave it? Seventy. You give, yeah, so, you give it. Yeah, 70. So, so about a three and a half. I mean, yeah. it's it, it's not a perfect movie, but I guess I enjoyed that found footage POV type. And yeah, I love that too. I love found footage and I love POV movies. So I was excited that this was that. Yeah. So I don't know. Hydroberg, what do you got? What's up? <laughs> You're looking at something. What do you got? I got a message. Uh, no, I, I did enjoy the film. <laughs> Stick with us here, Hyderberg. <laughs> Hang with us. We're, We're doing this podcast. Thing. This is episode 35. <laughs> Might want to participate. Sorry. I feel like this thing runs itself now. I don't need to always be involved. At 35 episodes, we were good to go. <laughs> no, I tuned out for a second. Um, I was listening to you guys, but I had a message on my phone. I apologize. What did we say? Uh, I'm, just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Put on blast. There you go. All right. Oh, well, man. you guys want to hear? You guys want to hear what's up for next week? 
Oh my God. I'm actually excited because uh, again, I, I want to reiterate this month has been fantastic. Uh, women of horror month. So you guys agree next February women of horror doing month. it again. Sweet. All right. Oh, yeah. Reading. So Jacqueline, how are we kicking off March? All right. So for next week, I have selected the film may the devil take you by uh, directed by Timo. Yeah, I am team Timo. We're team Timo around here. So by Timo Jajanto. I had to, I looked up how to pronounce his name and I still think I, I messed it up. Um, I think it was Jajanto. Okay. That's how you pronounce it. So, he's but good, yeah, um, Timo. He's from Taiwan, right? No, no, he's from Indonesia. Oh, Indonesia. That was it. Yeah. Um, I watched a couple of his films, but not any more horror since um, VHS. Mm-hmm, the films mm-hmm. I watched were some um, like Kung Fu or martial arts films. But yeah, they're visceral. Yeah, he doesn't just do horror, but I think no. is it fair to say that everything you've seen from him is would be classified as extreme? Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, he does extreme stuff pretty well. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll talk about this next week, but the reason I picked this film is that <clears throat> we've we we talked about his segment in VHS 94. That was by far my favorite segment. And for me, he his segment was the very best one in VHS 2. And that's all I've seen of him, but I mm-hmm. am so intrigued. And I feel like for the past like three months, we've had just all theme months. Yeah. And so I, I just haven't been able to fit this movie in there. But now that Women in Horror Month is over, I really want to watch this movie and talk about it. So That's it's on good. Netflix. You can find it easily on Netflix. Again, it's May the Devil Take You, and mm. it is a horror film. So good. Nice. Yeah. I'm excited. Cool. I hope it's good. I haven't watched it yet. So this will be uh, a blind watch for me. Well, before we got on, I think I've seen it. I'm not exactly sure. So I'll watch it for sure. I'm aware of it. I don't, I have not seen it though. When, once we started like talking up Timo, uh, some I think it was Miles in the Slack chat had mentioned this film or some of his other films, maybe. Mm-hmm. That's when I started looking it up. I put it in my queue, so I haven't watched it yet, but definitely I'm excited to. Now you have a reason to. Yeah, I do got to say our theme months have been a lot of fun, though. I yeah. love the theme months. The are I, cool. I'm really into it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going along with the theme before we like plug anything. Um, I just had a little thing. Do you guys have any favorite final girls you might want to? Give a shout oh, out. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, as far as, you know, women in horror. <clears throat> well, if, if I may, I'd like to share mine. Please. Sure. Please. This is not my favorite franchise yeah. overall, but I think my favorite, or I think like the most iconic final girl is Laurie Strode. Okay. And she's not the first one. No, I don't think she probably, maybe she's probably my favorite, but yeah, she's, she totally sticks out. And I, I talked about this in particular on Nicole's podcast, but it's like, she, Jamie Lee Curtis as an actress has been so loyal to that character Mm. and that franchise and has been so dedicated despite a lot of like, yeah, shenanigans happening in that franchise and like really shitty storytelling. But, um, I, I, I just love Lori. She always survives evil dies tonight. That was mine. Um, no, no, no. I totally agree. I, I think Jamie Lee Curtis got away from it because of what was happening with that. And she wanted to expand her wings mm-hmm, as far as mm-hmm. being an actress. And, uh, you know, as far as screen queens, you can't top Jamie Lee C- Curtis slash Laurie Strode. Danielle Harris. Oh. Uh, t- t- talking about uh, women that kind of embrace horror movies. Um, 
<clears throat> she's got her own podcast. She does. I was going to say, the, she has an interesting podcast. Yeah, Taylor. I have not Scout, listened. Taylor Scout Compton. Very uh, sexual. It is. Really? They, well, they talk about a variety of things, Two but tricks, they keep. Yeah, yeah it's um, that because they were both in Halloween one and two with our friend Rob Zombie. Um, <clears throat> no, I mean that in all seriousness. I'm not gonna get fun of them. They were uh, friend yeah, of the show. They they, they, they they both were. He's um, my boyfriend. <laughs> is he your hall pass? I know what that is, is, but I don't think Joey knows that that's my hall pass. So Joey has not given you said hall pass, but if he did, that would be it. It has not been bestowed upon me, no. He he would say, yeah. (laughs) Hello, man. (laughs) I can always count on you, too. No, I would actually say Danielle Harris is because talk about about a woman that, that has really embraced the horror genre yeah. um she started she must have been what six seven years old when she was in yeah. halloween four mm-hmm. um but she's always embraced horror movies and she's got a podcast it, it, you're right Hydraberg. it does get very the clips of they, it that I've seen. They, they they talk about sexual things but but it's also cool, talking that. about relationship stuff yeah. but but she's very much uh, she was in the hatchet series mm-hmm. you know and, and she's and, also big on the con circuit yeah, yeah she's so nice to fans. She's great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And, she, and, and not she's got women, but she's a smoke show. So, so. She's I'm just saying, she's a smoke show. She's super hot. John. Oh, oh, gotcha. Is that a <laughs> she's honestly, thing? she's so beautiful. You've never heard smoke show before? Obviously not. John likes oh, yeah, to play a... like he doesn't know any macho terms for women or anything. Oh. I don't, I don't know what like, you're talking about. Wait, hold on. In California, we said <laughs> she's so hot. All right. Oh, she's so hot. She's hot. <laughs> <laughs> we have a valley boy she's on like, the show. So now. Hot. We do. All right, dude. We're like in California and Daniel Harris. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but seriously, you? she's an extraordinarily beautiful woman. Yeah. And she She's such a great actress. I mean, again, yeah. you know, all the props in the world to Danielle Harris. That's but a yeah, great choice. Yeah. Did, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, Queen. How about you, Hydeberg? What are you thinking? My favorite Scream Queen yes. is Sigourney Weaver as Ripley from Alien. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, Alien. my God. That's awesome. Also Ghostbusters, but she's not necessarily a Scream Queen in there, but a little mm-hmm. bit. But I just love Ripley as a character. And I think so she's I. so fucking strong. And confident. She's not always right. She's like in this fucking situation that she just overcomes. Mm-hmm. And like that, those movies don't they don't they don't use her sexuality or anything like she looks beautiful. Right. But she, mm-hmm. it's played down. Right. She's on a space station. And yeah, she, they show her in her underwear and stuff like that. But it's just about like she's just like raw and just like. Driven to get through that situation. And the first movie and the second movie to me are two of the biggest highlights in horror and just action films in general. Cause the second one's more of an action film, yeah. but they're two of my favorite films of all time. Oh, absolutely. And I just feel yeah. like her character is so good in those two films. I could not agree with you more. Hydraburn. Yeah. Yeah. Can- I talked about that on Nicole's podcast too. Yeah. Can-, can I bring up one more? I mean, just kind yeah. of my, 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 you know, honorable mention, uh, yeah. Barbara Crampton. Seriously. Oh yeah. Uh, like, like, like she, I guess she was in soap operas. Yeah, in she was early eighties, and and just man, she is all about horror movies. If you follow her on Instagram, you got to see her pictures because she does just this crazy, like scary face thing. But man, she was in Reanimator, mm-hmm. um, a lot of Cronenberg um, stuff, and it was just, it was God, man, she she's fantastic, and the fact You're that she embraces, embraces it, the genre, yeah. 
Well, and she she goes out all to the you know to the conventions like Felissa Rose. You know, Felissa yeah. Rose mm-hmm. has been in, like so many horror movies, but again, you know, it's like women like this just really embrace horror and I love them for it. I, I, I they're not scream queens, but they're just more like just, just it's us. They're fans of horror. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not like a scream queen. It's just fans of horror, men, women, black, white, uh, gay, straight, whatever it is. It's like, we're fans. We all love each other. And and that's what I love about this genre is it it's all inclusive. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel like fans especially appreciate it when the, the actors and directors and writers when they don't act like they're ashamed of coming from horror or they, mm-hmm. you know, they're proud to be in the horror genre. You know, yeah. there's some, there's some actors in particular who will like do horror movies early in their career and then try to distance themselves. from. Renee Zellweger still claims that she was never in that Texas Chainsaw movie. Like, That's fucking lame. Just fuck her. You know, yeah. Fuck, fuck Renee. Renee Zellweger. We don't, we're not, we're anti Renee Zellweger on this show. You're never going to be on the show, <laughs> Renee. He is not our friend. But we're totally um, Matthew McConaughey if you want to come on. <laughs> yeah. We so, are. Right, all right. All right. <laughs> but no, I think fans appreciate that when they can tell that the people that, you know, that they're fans of actually care. Yeah. And aren't yeah. and aren't ashamed of doing that kind of work. Yeah. And it, it, I think I was li- listening to Mick Garris's uh, podcast. He was talking about or talking to a uh, director or writer and saying that that you know, you feel like you're an outcast, but when you get into the horror community, uh, horror movie community, it's like your family because we've never been criticized for any exactly right. You know, he's a straight chilling podcast, you know, yeah. shout out. Um, it's, it's all inclusive. We don't hate on each other and we may disagree on movies, Jacqueline. Um, <laughs> call me out. Jeez. Whoa. No, you're on blast because you. <laughs> Gave it the low score. That's yeah, women in horror month is over, Jacqueline. You're on blast now. <laughs> Had a free pass for the month and now it's over. Yeah. No, I, I just think this genre is as a whole is that we are a family. It's a horror movie family. So, yeah. you know, and actors, actresses, directors, producers, writers, podcasters, us. So like Jamie Lee Curtis is literally like she didn't have to do any of these new movies. Mm-hmm. No. especially based on the fact that she was in some of the, the worst of the Halloween films as well like and she did decide to come back because she loves the character she did yeah and I love her for that so me too and she brings that she brings that gravitas to the to the role as well too like she I does like she she brings it yeah I think I think to wrap up women in horror month and Jacqueline speak on this more than I do that women have escalated horror into the future yeah, absolutely. hell yeah! And they've always been a big part, but now that they have an integral role, is really good to see. I think now is the time for women yep. in horror. It's a good time. Now. I think it's a good time to be yeah. a female fan. I think it's a good time to be a female creator. I think it's a good time to be a female podcaster. I think it's it's a good time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. <laughs> there we go. What else is there to say? Well. If anybody Plugs. listening would like to write in to us and tell us your favorite final girls and or scream cre- scream queens, you can email us at a cut above horror review at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at cut above horror. You can reach us on Instagram at a cut above one word dot horror underscore review. And make sure you follow us on Facebook, a cut above colon or review. We want to thank everybody 
yeah, from Jacqueline Heidelberg and I, uh, thank you for the wonderful reviews on iTunes. Rate and review us there. You can also review us on, well, I guess rate us on Spotify now. So give yeah. us that five-star review and pretty much everywhere else you get your podcast. Yeah. So for next week, everybody watch May the Devil Take You. It's on Netflix. Couldn't be easier to find. And then you can come listen to us talk about it in one week's time. And don't forget to keep it creepy. <laughs>